0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Uh, without further ado, Mike Rothstein joins us. He covers the Atlanta Falcons for ESPN. So always great to have you on, Mike, uh, when you're covering a team that either the Giants or the Jets go up against. How you doing?
2: I'm good. I'm walking somewhere in downtown Brooklyn. If you can't hear the uh, inevitable construction going on behind me, so that's yeah, that's about right. Whenever I come back home, because New York's still home for me, no matter what.
1: Oh, that's fantastic! Well, welcome back. Like I said, always great to have you here on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Uh, let, let's start big picture here before we start focusing in on on the game tomorrow. And uh, again, this is an Atlanta Falcons team. Uh, they're five and six, um, but uh, but at the top of the, the of the division in the NFC South, right? Uh, the Saints five and six yeah. as well, but they're dealing with a ton of injuries. Uh, they're one and two in the division. The Atlanta Falcons are three and zero oh in the division, followed by Tampa at four and seven, and of course Carolina. That's a whole other story. One and ten. Gosh, good luck. Uh, but talk about this Atlanta Falcons team. Is is this how you thought the season would unfold in the AFC South?
2: Uh, you know, I didn't know. I mean, the biggest question in the NFC South is very simple. Every team had a quarterback question, right? Like, Justin Ritter, no one really knew what to expect. Anyone who told you one way or the other before the season was lying to you. Derek Carr was new in New Orleans. Baker Mayfield was new in Tampa. And obviously Baker had a whole bunch of questions around him anyway. And Bryce Young was the number one overall pick, but you didn't really know what you were getting. And I think what we've seen is the division that still has a whole bunch of quarterback questions on every team and in a lot of cases more issues. So yeah, I figured this division was not going to be the class of the NFL, even though for two weeks, it looked like it was possible. This division kind of is shaping up exactly how it really felt. And I've always believed that if the Falcons got average quarterback play, they would run away with this division because I thought the rest of their roster was pretty talented. And we're sitting in a situation where they've gotten kind of below-average quarterback play a good portion of the year, which is why they're sitting in the position they are. But, listen, they could very easily make the playoffs and still run away with the division because every other team in this division is not very good.
1: Yeah, that's that's for sure. Um, all right, well, let's start focusing in on the game at hand. Atlanta, again, in New York. Getting ready to talk on take on the Jets. This is an Atlanta team. I, I I read up on this. They have not played outside in over in in almost a month, if not over a month, and they've only had four games uh, in, yes. in 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 an out on an outside field. Weather conditions are not supposed to be great tomorrow. Rain, wind up to twenty miles per hour. Do you think that's going to affect Atlanta, their offense and their scheme? I
2: shouldn't, and, and I say that because this is a team that really would like to run the ball and would really like to run the ball a lot. And as we know, the Jets, probably if there's one real fault of their defense, it is that they give up a ton of rushing yards and they're not a good run defense. So one would think that this could play really well into Atlanta's thought process as long as they're able to establish that run with Dejon Robinson, with Tyler Algier, with Cordero Patterson. Now, if they're all of a sudden behind, if they're now in a, put in a position where they're going to have to throw the ball a bit, that's when it can really maybe get dicey for Atlanta. Not that they don't think Desert Ritter can't do it, but that puts them more in a situation of potential turnovers, and that puts them in a situation where they have to rely on people. And it's gonna, that could get a little bit tricky. But if they can put themselves in a spot where they can run the ball, which is really what they did against the Saints last week, what they've done in a lot of their wins, then they could end up being in a really good spot, no matter what the weather looks like.
1: Yeah. One thing we've seen is teams run the football a lot against the Jets because that's where they find success. Hard to pass on the Jets. Easy, not easy, but you know, they're, they're giving up a ton of yards. We saw what happened against Miami last week. Uh, what can we expect from this Atlanta Falcons offensive line and Bijan Robinson tomorrow against the Jets? How much success do you think that they will have?
2: Well, I mean, again, the Jets are not a very good run defense team. Atlanta's found ways to be a very good rushing offense. Their offensive line is a very good run blocking unit, not so much against the pass, but they have Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson is an excellent runner. He's very slippery. He is very similar to, you know, people don't like when I make the comparison to Barry Sanders to so LaDainian Tomlinson and how he moves, but he's had many conversations with Ladanian Tomlinson, who's become somewhat of a, kind of a mentor to Bajon Robinson, but go, if you go watch the uh, Barry Sanders documentary, you watch Barry Sanders run and you see shades of what Bajon Robinson does in Barry Sanders. Now, I'm not saying that the two are uh, that the same player. I'm not saying that. But he is just such a different back than what they get from Tyler Algier or Cordero Patterson, both of whom are more uh, – they're going to run into and try to run over you, where Bajan's going to try and, like, duke, spin, catch the ball behind his back and kind of almost look like a point guard, you know, kind of doing a, a killer crossover type of maneuver. And that's really the type of rusher – that you get, and it's a really good balance for them because they can interchange those guys and create havoc for how they run as well as how many times they run.
1: So I was on uh, ESPN Bet this morning. We had a special show at 11 a.m. My best bet was B. John Robinson, over 59 and a half rushing yards uh, in this game. Uh, The last two weeks, we've really seen his volume tick up a bit. Do you feel that this was strategic, with, with Arthur Smith in regard to, you know, a lot of times rookies come in, especially running backs, they're used a lot early on in the season, and then they hit that rookie wall. where uh, Do you feel that this was strategic in regard to ramping Robinson up as the season progressed?
2: Yeah, I mean, that was what they have said over and over again. Arthur, I've asked Arthur Smith about that multiple times because for about a month, wherever you turned on our network and really anywhere else, a lot of the conversation was about Bajon Robinson's usage. And it was kind of an interesting question because he was being used a lot, just not how a lot of people expected. I mean, you got to remember, he's still – he's had a first or second right now among running backs in the routes run. So they're running, him, they're running him a lot on routes. As a receiver, he's had like at least five targets a game for I think the last five or six games now. There might be one game in there where he didn't. But they're using him all over the place. But in terms of running the ball, Arthur Smith has said the one thing he did not anticipate with De'John Robinson was that he would not hit a rookie wall, that he'd be able to handle so much of what they threw at him. And in large part, that's why they handled him the way they did early on, because they wanted him to be fresh at this point in the season. And they didn't know what to expect, like any rookie. And what they learned as they kind of got going was, oh, wow, he can handle a whole bunch. And he's built like that. For New York people, you know, he's built in a lot of ways a little bit like Saquon Barkley. Like, he's just really, like, he's a very in-shape guy, you know? Like, uh, you sit there and you say, okay, and he can handle those things. I've talked to Bajan a lot about this throughout the course of the season, and he said, you know, I'm learning how to run routes, That's so not something that has to do with Texas necessarily, but I can handle whatever they give me. And we started to see that more and more, and, and Arthur Smith has said that really going forward, Bijan Robbins is going to be, quote, a huge part of the game plan, and he has shown that, I think, over the last, I would say, two to three games, that that is the case. And th- there's one major difference, Anita, is this. They're using him more in the red zone now the last couple of games than they had earlier in the season. That was, of all of the criticisms of his usage, that was the one that I agreed with the most from analysts, from fans, was that his red zone usage wasn't high because everything else, he was actually touching the ball or having about you know anywhere from 18 to 21, 22 opportunities most weeks between targets and carries. It just wasn't what people necessarily thought because they weren't necessarily using him a lot in the red zone. That now has changed. Uh,
1: do you feel that if, if the Atlanta Falcons don't win this division, that Arthur Smith is fired?
2: No. I, now, see, that's such a tough question, and I say that because there's so much that can go into that. They're in a really good spot right now, uh, but they, you got to remember, this first two years for this team, that Arthur Smith and Charlie Fontenot were, were running the show, they were really severely put in a tough position because they had to get out of maybe one of the worst cast situations in the NFL, if not the worst. They've done that. And this year always, to me, felt like the first year you could really judge it. Now, if they say they lose out, right, or say they win one game the rest of the way, let's just for argument, then I think it's a real interesting conversation. But, Let's just for argument's sake, say they go they're five and six right now, say they end up at eight and nine, but they lose the division on uh, like a second tie break or something like that i can't I can't see them moving on from him at that point I, to me, the only way at this point that it would happen would be if they completely unravel and, and fall apart, and there's been no signs of that happening because Anita, the other part of this for Atlanta is. They only have one team right now on their schedule the rest of the way that's over 500, and that's Indianapolis, who has really been hovering around 500. Every other team they're playing is below 500, and also they have three division opponents left. So everything still is very much in front of them, and they should be in a position to – they control their – I hate it's cliche, but they control their own destiny right now because you win those three games against your divisional teams, you're probably winning this division. Uh, But I I don't – see that moving on from him unless it completely and totally falls apart
1: mike last question for you uh it's two parts number one uh not that uh, tim boyle is scaring anyone offensively uh, but there's also (laughs) Brees hall um defensively how do you think this atlanta falcons defense matches up to the jets and uh, what's your game script here who wins how does this all uh you know uh play out tomorrow
2: yeah, I mean, listen, this, this Falcons team, now is a different defensive coordinator with Dean Beaton instead of Ryan Nielsen, is one of the few teams that have actually seen Tim Boyle and played against him because he was the starting quarterback of the Lions back in 2021 when they played. and Tim Boyle almost beat him. Tim Boyle threw an interception on a potential game-winning drive late in that game. So they know what to expect and maybe not expect from Tim Boyle. That said, I expect the Jets to run the ball maybe as much as the Falcons do I'm kind of hoping for it because that might mean this game ends in like two and a half hours but I would imagine they're going to focus very heavily on Brethal Cook. I know he hasn't gotten a ton of run and Israel so I'll be very curious to see how they handle that but I would imagine they're focused on that they're going to watch Garrett Wilson a lot and that's going to be their game plan they they've really struggled defensively yardage-wise the last four games. They've given up at least 350 yards in each of the last four games. But last weekend, ends the same they gave up 444 yards and no touchdowns. So they've been very good in the red zone. I imagine you're going to see a very large emphasis on stopping Brees Hall, on making Tim Boyle have to make plays. And listen, if Tim Boyle makes plays and beats you, I mean, that would be the first time that's happened in his career. So... I think you have to, you would at that point tip your cap. But to me, I think they're going to very largely focus on trying to make Tim, put the ball in Tim Boyle's hand with the game or even a quarter or a half on the line.
1: Again, he's Mike Rothstein, does a great job covering the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Really appreciate your time this afternoon, Mike. Thank you so much. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Stay dry. Absolutely. Take care.
0: 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Go to shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com/network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country. There's no competition. Right now, get five dollars off any eight corner pizza with code eight save. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Hey Saturday, everybody. Uh, I know weather's not supposed to be terrific, especially tomorrow. Um... But good thing there's football happening. Uh, start of the second half just kicked off. Texas uh, comes out of the half with the football. They're already up 35-14 to 14 on Oklahoma State. Again, just a reminder until you delay the 13-and-a-half with Texas um, at, the, uh, at the start of the show. Hopefully, uh, this type of beatdown will continue. Uh, Texas playing for a lot. Need to make a statement for the, for the uh, college football playoff committee uh, to uh, see if FSU loses. They get a chance to get in as the top four. Coming your way at 4 o'clock, Georgia and Alabama going at it. Georgia's favored by 4.5. The over-under is 53.5 on ESPN bet. Um, my play here is Georgia minus 2.5 in the first half. They typically score 22, if not more, points in the first half. Alabama known to uh, get, get it going slowly. So, and I want to say they were down by seven, if not more, in a number of games against good teams this season. And Georgia ranked number one in the country. I also am leaning on the over at 53 and a half. So uh, that's how I'm playing that game, coming your way at four o'clock. Before we end the show, uh, I'll tell you how I'm playing Michigan, Iowa, as well as Louisville and Florida State. Want to remind you, the Michael K. Show holiday party returns on Friday, December 8th at your mother's house. No, not like your actual mother's house. This is your mother's house in Garden City Park, Long Island. Uh, special guest, Wally, uh, Wally Z, Amani Toomer, Rick D. Pietro. Increase your chances of winning one of the holiday gifts by bringing up three toys for donations. Mark your event calendars and get ready to spread some cheer at the Michael K. Holiday Party, Friday, December 8th at your mother's house in Garden City Park, Long Island. Brought to you by Momentum Solar. The New York Islanders, Jake's 58 Casino Hotel, Yingling, traditional lager, and Flight by Yingling, the perfect beers for the holiday season. Security Dodge, visit securitydodge.com and come get some selection and benefiting the Garden of Dreams Foundation as well. Guys, uh, do you listen to DiPietro and Rothenburg in the morning?
3: Absolutely. Yep, absolutely.
1: Okay, that wasn't a trick question. Uh, so you, uh, you you hear how you know they're 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 saying that nobody could beat them in pickleball. Have you heard that?
3: Oh yeah, oh yeah. We need to get
4: like
1: so, a
3: station so, thing.
1: Well, I'm trying. So so whenever so whenever Rick and uh, and Dave talk pickleball, my phone blows up. People that are listening to the show, then they'll start texting me. Oh, Dave Rothenberg, Rick Pietro, they're talking smack. They're saying nobody at the station can beat them playing pickleball. Um, this is a bunch of BS. You need to call in. What are they saying? So anyway, so I sent them a text saying like, game on, let's go. And, uh, and I told Amani Toomer, I said, Imani Toomer again is going to be out here for this Christmas party. I said, when you see Rick, you got to set this up. Because here's the thing. Rick's never played pickleball. So so that that's a whole nother thing within itself because there's so many rules it takes a minute not to say Rick is an unbelievable athlete Avi um but it's it's pickleball is not the easiest game to just like step on the court and play because there's so many rules that you have to consider and think about that it takes a minute once all those rules digest then your athleticism comes out but but Monty Toomer's never played pickleball either so that offsets. And then I've played pickleball and Dave's played pickleball. So it would be like really Dave and I, the more experienced pickleballers with the former male athletes who've never played pickle before with Tro, and then I would have Imani Tumor. What do you guys think?
4: Now, Dave apparently is great with a mm-hmm. racket. I do think you would have the slight advantage and if we were putting Vegas odds on it, I would say you're probably like a minus 250 just because, again, Rick is a former goalie. So I think you would have a little bit better of a transition than Imani, but that's mm-hmm. just my take on it.
1: And also, Amani is so tall and he's got such a big wingspan that I-, I think he'd be really, I think he could be really good and really aggressive at the kitchen, the kitchen line. So, I, I think we need to make this happen.
3: It's not going to happen.
1: <laughs> why don't you think it's going to? Ha- do you think they're scared, Harvey? You I- think they're t- they're too scared to play us?
3: Sure, we can go with any reason. I mean, all the schedules. Well, what wh-
1: what would be what would be your reason? Why do you, why do you think if Amani walks into the Michael K Christmas party like game on, uh, me and Anita against Dave and Rick, let's go. Wh- what do you think would be their reason to 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 not?
3: Right there on the spot?
1: Well, no, no. We would have to organize it. Oh, then forget it. No,
3: if you guys have to organize it, then forget it. Because, oh, it's got to be at this place. It has to be at this time. It's got to be on this day. I got to eat breakfast. No, everybody's going to come up with some weird, sad excuse. And it's not going to happen. I don't trust anybody to make this happen. It's not going to happen. I will give it. You know what I'll do? I will give it until the first, until opening night of the draft it won't happen when's the draft april 23rd 24th i will give it until april 23rd 24th it won't happen
4: 144
1: wow. days so you don't you don't think that i could see you but okay let's let's just let's let's you know with me it would happen I, so that you're not you're not you're right, let, like this isn't me, let me be you're clear. saying you're saying these dudes these dudes would like not be aggressive and and not make it happen, like this be, isn't you're not talking about me
3: let me be clear. this is not about you, because you
1: know I would make it happen harvey you
3: will, you will put the most effort out of the four Dave and Rick can't even go off for breakfast even if their lives depended on it. they can't make it happen. you can make it happen well, they can't make it happen
1: I will say this, like they're both married with kids
3: well, what kind of excuse is that
1: right. no I, I, mean, I don't hear that.
3: You have dogs. That's just as important.
1: (laughs) I'm not saying my dogs aren't just as important, but dogs are easier. I could be like, hey, guys, mom's going to play pickleball like I do every morning for three hours. Bye. I'll see you later. And they're like. Dave
3: does the same thing every Sunday. Hey, bye. 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 I'm watching football for eight hours. Goodbye. I'll see you in a bit.
1: (laughs) I love when Joe laughs. Bye, mom. Stay out of the kitchen, mom. Be proud you're a banger. And not a dinker.
3: Ah, uh, it's not gonna Do you, happen.
1: <laughs> Do you even know what that means? Listen, I am for all you pickleball freaks out there, I am, I am, I am a banging b. I am, I am proud that I'm a banger. Everyone's like Anita, you got to learn how to dink to win, and that's true. It's true. I get it. Huh? Wait, I love, I love banging. Huh? I'm proud of it. Pro. <laughs> huh? proud banger right here proud banger oh a lot of drops right there joe a lot of drops uh, no denying that uh quick break we come back uh we'll hear from uh joe is uh, guys i i'm i'm going i'm going to effort i'm going to do everything possible to make this happen and of course we have new york game day tomorrow morning uh amani tumor mike tannenbaum 8 a.m i'm i'm getting i'm getting amani on this I'm going to get Amani on this. I unfortunately cannot be at the, uh, the Christmas party. Some people have to work. Um, I wish I could head out there and, and have a good time at uh, your mother's house, but, uh, but I'll be working that day. So I've got to rely on Amani Toomer to go out there and like talk smack and really like fuel the fire for Rick DiPietro to make this happen.
0: The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Joe Wiz joins us now. Helping us all win some money as we head into Sunday. He's got his own gambling shows here on 98.7 ESPN. You can listen to Bright and Early tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Leading into my fantasy forecast at 7 a.m. Um, uh, Joe, before we start getting into some college and football picks and plays, if you were to wager on a pickleball match between Amani Toomer and I versus Dave Rothenberg and Rick DiPietro, who, who would you put your money on?
5: Oh, Anita, my money is on you. I know you're into this, and you're dedicated, and there's no doubt you're the favorite. And you and Tuma, no doubt, are going to win. So put the money down on Anita. That's
1: 100%. There you go. Now you're talking. There you go. You... <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, listen, Texas is up right now, 35-14 to 14 against Oklahoma State. I opened up the show. I said, I like Texas, minus 13.5, alternate spread. It's looking good right now. Did you have a play in this matchup?
5: Yeah, I'm waiting for the game to go over. I put out the total of 56. So, you know, at halftime, it was 35 to 14. It was 49. I'm like, I need another eight points. Let's go. And, uh, you know, so we'll see what happens. But uh, I I didn't like the – I didn't like – Playing the wood with Texas, the line became inflated went up to sixteen. Uh, I know Oak State could score; they haven't. They've had problems scoring today, but I, I took a, a pl- made a play on the uh, over in that game. Over fifty six is what it is, and it shot up later later at post time.
1: All right, at four o'clock, we've got Georgia going up against Alabama. Georgia is now favored by five. It was four earlier this morning. The over under is fifty three and a half. My play here is I like Georgia minus two and a half at the half. They, send, they, they tend to start strong and fast. And also, I do have a lean for the over at 53 and a half. Those are my plays. How are you playing this one, Joe?
5: Yeah, the line right now is at five, and the total, as you mentioned, fifty-three and a half. and neither this game, you know, for all intents and purposes, I look at this, might be better than the national championship game that we, uh, that we see in January. I mean, you know, there's so many storylines in this game here. I mean, you don't see Nick Saban as an underdog too often. It's only the second time since 2010 that he's been an underdog of three-and-a-half or more, and that certainly qualifies today and there's a good reason why. Georgia has won 29 consecutive games, two-time defending national champions, and they just keep winning and winning but on the other hand uh, I mean, Georgia is just 5-7 and seven against the spread this year and maybe there's a storyline to this Alabama game last week when they uh, you know the game was uh, out of their hands when they got a miracle touchdown um, Jalen Milrow you know he wants to talk about the Heisman and all that other stuff he's going to have to earn it and this is it you know and uh, last year when they met uh, Georgia won in the SEC title game here but Alabama has dominated this series between Georgia 42-26 to 26 and four pushes I like the dog in this game here. I think um, this game. I think Alabama has a chance of winning the game outright. So anytime I have a team that I feel has a chance of winning, I'm getting five points in a game here. And I think it's going to come down late. You know, whoever makes the fewest mistakes. Um, I taking Bama just with the pedigree, the coaching, and everything else that comes along with it here. Uh, and Georgia just a 500 team or less than that against the spread. I'm going with Bama plus five in a possible upset.
1: Another four o'clock game. SMU going up against Tulane. Tulane favored by three. The over-under is 47. How are you playing it?
4: Yeah,
5: when you take a look at this game, Anita, you know, SMU comes in here with a 10-2 and record, two lanes, 11-1. The only loss, Anita, is back on September 9th. Um, they lost to Mississippi 37-20. to And I would have really loved SMU a lot here, but their quarterback, Preston Stone, broke his leg last week against Navy. So now they're going to have a redshirt freshman and Kevin Jennings uh, at quarterback. He's got some playing time, but not much. But um, my sources tell me that SMU is going to do what they continue to do, and that's score. They've scored 50 or more points in three of the last six games. and. Uh, Tulane, their wide receivers are a little banged up. Uh, you know Keynes and Jackson, their two top wide receivers, are questionable for this game here. And the books uh, you know, are, are worried about the, the scenario with the SMU coming in with a redshirt freshman quarterback. The line is three right now, was four, but it's going down. I'm taking SMU, and I am telling everyone to take them on the money line. I'm expecting SMU to beat Tulane, even with this backup quarterback, who is Kevin uh, Jennings. Sounds like a news reporter, but Kevin Jennings, redshirt freshman, going with the Mustangs to continue to
1: High-powered offense. Joe is joining us here on ninety-eight point seven ESPN. Uh, his segment brought to you by Bet Rivers. Uh, Florida State going up against Louisville. I, I, I I'll use the word shocked. I, I can't believe Florida State's still favored here with the fact that uh, we they they very well could be uh, playing with their third, not their second, but their third-string quarterback tonight. Uh, this game kickoff is at eleven at, at eight o'clock tonight. I like Louisville on the money line. Uh, you get that at minus 105. I think you Louisville's the better team right now, considering again Florida State might be having to play with their third, not their second, but their third-string quarterback. What say you?
5: Yeah, and last week, uh, backup quarterback Tate, uh, Tate Roadmaker did not play that well. He played well enough to win, but it was more or less uh, the running back, Trey Benson, uh, for the uh, FSU Seminoles, who had yeah, three touchdowns. And if Florida State's going to win this game, they're going to have to win it in the trenches, Anita. They're going to have to run the ball. Let's face it. I mean, especially if they have a third-string quarterback here. We know Travis. Jordan Travis is out. Um, and when you look at Louisville, it's hard to figure them out. They were 10-2. and They had a chance last week to keep, them, keep, keep their name in the National Championship playoff picture, but they lost at home in, as a seven-and-a-half point favorite to Kentucky. Um, you know, Mike Norville's going to have to come up with a great game plan here, and, uh, you know, when you take a look at Louisville, they, you know, they lost last week, as mentioned, to Kentucky 38-31. I'm going to take a, I'm, originally I had liked Louisville a plus three. That number does not exist, so I'm not going to, you know, expect anybody to get that number. I'm going to, start with the total in this game, and I like the total under 47. That's what the total is right now, 46 and a half. I see some 47s here. Um, I'm, I can imagine FSU. They're going to just need to run the ball and uh, keep the hands. Uh, they're just going to have to keep it out of the hands of uh, Louisville, and it's not going to be easy because uh, quarterback uh, Plummer for uh, you know uh, Louisville is really good. He had passed the 2,952 yards, 21 touchdowns. The only way FSU wins this game is if it's a low scoring game and um I'm playing the under and that's my official play under forty seven between these two
6: teams.
1: Uh real quick, I'm curious to get your thoughts on uh, on Michigan and Iowa. Michigan's favored by twenty-one and a half. The over-under is thirty-five. My play here is the under, but what's really wild is the uh the, the team the team props and the team total for Iowa. Get this. You could wager that I was gonna gonna put up more than seven points. So over seven and a half points is plus one forty five. So marinate in that for a minute. That a team that's gotten this far and is competing to (laughs) to win a conference championship, the over under, Joe, is seven and a half. And if you say that they're gonna put up more than just a touchdown, it's plus money. It's plus one forty five. Is that insane?
5: Absolutely, um, but Iowa comes in with here with a record of ten and two. Um, last year, when they met Michigan, won at Iowa twenty seven twenty four. Then it was forty two to three, and then there was a game back in nineteen a ten three here. Um, I'm not sure about a lay the twenty one points with Michigan. Um, I, I I think I'm going to recommend the under as well. I mean, I've been playing the under, and you know, we've talked about it a few times right here on the air, and. Uh, Every game, I, the, the Iowa games against Nebraska last week was 13-10. They won the game. Uh, uh, versus Illinois, 15-13. Rutgers, 22 to nothing. Uh, Northwest, and 10-7. Listen, Michigan's content with you know just winning the game, just staying healthy for the college uh, college football playoff picture. Here, they're not looking to run right up to score. There's no reason for them to. So if they have a big lead late, um, they'll be content. Um, I, I think that 30, I think that uh, Iowa might be challenged to score 10 points. So as long as Michigan doesn't try and run it up late, um, 35 and a half. It's crazy, but these totals with Iowa have been historic, and you I've never seen it before. Last week, the total against Nebraska was 25. It's the lowest total I've ever seen, and it went under 13-10, and now everyone's looking at 35 and a half. Michigan loves to run the ball. Give it to Blake Corwin. Let him run the ball. I'm going under.
1: Unbelievable. Uh, here, here's another one for you. You could wager all, all uh, Iowa needs to do is score one touchdown. You could wager that Iowa's going to score just one touchdown at minus 120. That's all. That's all to do, yeah, one it, touchdown. It,
5: it is pretty insane. Um, but when you, when you look at them, you, like I said, they've been challenged, though they haven't been scoring a lot of points. I watched the game last week against Nebraska. We were very fortunate to win that game. But um, they might not score against Michigan, and that's why I like the yonder. they might get two or three field goals and that's it. So my play is Iowa doesn't score. I'm going go, I'm I'm to go under there as well.
1: Unbelievable. Really unbelievable. All right, let's turn our attention to what's going on in the NFL. Uh, and, uh, and let's start first and foremost here at home. You've got the Atlanta Falcons coming to New York to take on the Jets. Uh, Atlanta's favored by two. The over under 33 and a half. It was 34. It's come down. I think the play here is the under. Uh, do you have a play here at all?
5: I'm taking the Falcons. I mean, you know, the Falcons beat the Saints last week 24-15. to um, They played competitively against Arizona. When they played Arizona, they lost that game in the final the last minute when Kyler Murray came back from his injury. They lost 25-23. Uh, but they've been competitive on the road. At the Titans, I know Titans aren't that good. Uh, 28-23. And at Tampa, they won 16-13. So, um, I-, I just don't trust the Jets because there's no reason to, anybody can tell me that you're going to expect Boyle to play any, you know, at, at all. Um, so, i like the falcons uh, but i prefer to have them on the money line all that being said uh the weather's not supposed to be great tomorrow either it probably is going to be a low scoring game but uh i'm riding uh with atlanta uh, i've been playing against the jets the last few weeks um and uh just nothing to go with with boyle i just don't trust them and i don't i think the jets kind of given up on the season even these all these rumors about rogers but uh, i like the falcons
1: by the way uh texas just scored again uh so they're up 42 fourteen against oklahoma state uh they're rolling trying to impress the uh the the college football playoff committee which uh, they're off to a really really good start uh, the chargers in new england getting ready to take on the patriots patriots are rolling with zappy <laughs> wacky for zappy um the charger is favored by five and a half on the road the over under is at 39 how are you playing this
5: yeah, the Chargers have, and both of these teams have to be big disappointments. I'm mean, trying to figure out which one is more of a disappointment. The Chargers are at four and seven. I'd be shocked if uh, Staley's back next year as head coach, and uh, you know who, who, and maybe even Belichick might not be back next year. I mean, New England has two wins, and one of them gets the Jets, uh, and they beat the Buffalo Bills. Ironically, they beat the Bills 25-24 here back on October 22nd here. Um, with the weather, you know, it's going to be crazy up in Foxborough. I'm, I'm going to play. I'm going to play the. Uh, Game here. I like the Patriots. I'm taking Zappy with the Patriots. Uh Five and a a half points. I took them. I took them plus six. Uh, I don't trust the Chargers either because the Chargers are four and seven, and they just, they just find ways to lose games. They just don't win. Um, you know, last week against the Ravens, 20, they lost twenty to ten. Uh, at Green Bay, they lost 23-20. They lost to the Lions, 41-38. So they've lost three in a row. Um, and um, I just think that the uh, Patriots will come out and play competitively. Whether they pull off the upset, I'm not sure. But taking six, you know, you don't get the Patriots even with this vintage historic. Uh, terrible team they have this year uh i'm gonna i don't trust the charges laying wood on the road and the traveling the west coast east coast differential we all know about
1: uh last but not least uh denver broncos getting three in houston against the texans uh i'm going to buy the hook up which i know you like uh, i'm going to play denver plus three and a half at minus 131 that's my play here what's yours
5: yeah, when you take a look at the Broncos, at I mean, they've won five in a row, and nobody ever expected that to happen. Last week, everybody wasn't sure what they would do against the Browns. Uh, they won 29-12. They beat the Vikings in that comeback win on a Sunday night, 21-20. Um, I-, I think that they have the wrong team favorite here. Uh, I like the Broncos to win the game outright. Um, I'm going with Russell Wilson. I know I've been on the CJ Stroud wagon. I know he's been playing really well and all that stuff. Um, last week he didn't do that well against Jacksonville, and but um, I do think that the I'm going with the team that's playing really well. I like to I like to ride teams that are on winning streaks and have the momentum. And Broncos are clearly the hottest team in the NFL right now. And uh, so getting three, uh, it wouldn't shock me to put the uh, pull off the upset. I took the three, but I'm also expecting them to win the game outright. Right. So on Twitter, I, I posted out several upset alerts, Anita, so I, I, I at least appeased everybody that was asking about all the upsets. And I want to remind everyone I'll be kicking off tomorrow, See tomorrow, week 13. I'll be on at 6 a.m., right before your fantasy show. So I know there's a lot of people up early in the morning, and you know, all these golfers are texting me, looking for picks all the time at 6 in the morning, and then I'll go right into the fantasy show. And on Twitter, i got plenty of free winners, Joe with sports and uh, but you need to let me know when you come up with those odds for pickleball because my money's going down on you. Don't let me down.
6: With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. Plus, everything's backed by their 30 day money back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at constantcontact.com. Just go to constantcontact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com.
2: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
1: We're we got we're, we're going to kick off hour number four, right? Uh, today's been nuts. Um... Uh, we're going to kick off hour number four. Thank you. With uh, Greg Wyszynski getting you ready for the Rangers game. Uh, what time does that start? That Rangers game. 430. So we lead into your Rangers pregame show right here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, taking on Nashville. Uh, Rangers minus 150 uh, on the puck line. And uh, over under is five and a half. Again, Greg Wyszynski is going to be joining us. We'll talk Rangers. We'll talk. Talk devils. Uh, we'll, we'll talk it all uh, with Greg Wyszynski. Always great when he's on. And um, also we'll hear from uh, professional handicapper uh, Fat Jack, fatjacksports.com coming your way the next hour as well, getting us ready for week. Thir- Can you believe it's week 13? I, I mean, guys, don't you feel like it's just like yesterday was like week one?
4: I, I know and I, I say this each and every yet. year.
1: Yeah, exactly. What a, what a disaster right like what a disaster for both the Giants and the Jets
4: who said it worse
1: just um well I, I mean listen oh is Arch Manning warming up Arch Manning is warming up hmm Came in as the fifth ranked high school recruit in the 2023 class. Um, Ubers is down for Texas. Good thing they're up 42 to 14. And um, he's coming off the field. He's going to have to come off the field for maybe just a play. Who knows? Uh, but Arch is warming up on the sideline for Texas. Again, Texas up 42 to 14, end of the third quarter, just about 50 seconds left in the third quarter. So we'll we'll see what they do moving forward. Um I, you know, I, I think it has to be to answer your question, Joe, I, I think it has to be the Jets, right? Just because the expectations for the for the Jets were to possibly win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the expectations for the Giants was uh try to be competitive in the NFC East division. Um and, and possibly get in as a wild card.
4: Yeah, but people expected them to at least be in the playoff conversation, if not make the playoffs again. They expected Daniel Jones to make a jump. I get that the Jets were Super Bowl or bust, but the Giants expectations weren't that much far off, more, more far off than the than the Jets were. So, it, it's a conversation at least.
1: I I just I I think this season was just a, an absolute disaster for the jets and and don't get me wrong the season is is definitely has been a huge disappointment for the giants but for a number of other reasons right like now there's uh talk and uh, questioning whether or not to ante up and pay daniel jones all that money uh, was the smart thing to do right so like so there's that as well like on the horizon Jets fans have to feel, you know, good, comfortable, excited that Aaron Rodgers hopefully will be healthy next season, improve the offensive line next year. You know, hefty, even more hefty expectations for Aaron Rodgers here with this Jets team next season, where for the Giants, it's like, is Daniel Jones it? What are they going to do if they get a top three, top five pick? Are they going to draft a quarterback? You know, what, you know, so there's, there's so much... I guess because there's so many more questions in regard to how the season played out for Daniel Jones. Um, So big picture, I think more disappointing for the giants immediate, more disappointing for the jets. That makes sense at all. Anyway, uh, before we take a break, because we were talking to uh, Joe Wiz about some of his picks and his plays. How about the 49ers and the Eagles? Again, this line opened up. The Eagles were favored by one. Now they're getting three at home. Talk about the disrespect, okay? And I know everybody and their grandmother is on the 49ers. It scares me a little bit. And I understand why. 49ers, rusted, didn't play since Thanksgiving, um, you know, have been just bulldozing people since, uh, since they, they came off their bye. They've, they've won three games, and Brock Purdy has looked tremendous. But who have they played this season? I'm just throwing it out here. The Steelers. The Rams with no Cooper Cup. The Giants, the Cardinals with no Kyler Murray. The Bucks, Seattle with Geno Smith and Kenneth Walker banged up. They lost to Cleveland, the Vikings, and Cincinnati. But again, that was out without Trent Williams and Debo Samuel. I get it. They beat the Jags and held the Jags to three points, but that was them coming off of a bye, and the Jags had the Tennessee Titans the next week. So how important was that game for the Jags? I don't think it was important. An NFC opponent... And more importantly, they needed to beat the Tennessee Titans because their goal is to win their division and potentially uh, try to get the number one or number two seed in the AFC. So, you know, this is an Eagles team, top five offensively, 28 if not more points at home, scored touchdowns on 30% of their possessions. Also, they showed us last week without Lane Johnson and in bad weather conditions, uh, Jalen Hurts can score. So I just I think there's immense disrespect here for this Eagles team. Now, I'm not sitting here telling you that the Eagles are going to win. But for this to have such a huge swing in regard to um, the spread, I'm going to use the Eagles as a, a teaser. And I'm going to tease them up to plus nine. And I'll align that with... Let's say the 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 Pittsburgh Steelers. I like the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. I'll tease them down to a pick'em against the Arizona Cardinals. And also, I think another good spot for a two-way six-point teaser is the Jacksonville Jaguars and teasing the Jags down to to minus two and a half. This line has gone up, by the way. It was seven and a half yesterday. It's now up to eight and a half. Cincinnati, as we know, no Joe Burrow. Jags looking to not only win their division but potentially. Uh, challenge those in the AFC for number one or number two seed, so they're playing for all the marbles and their home. So that's uh, th- that's how I would position that, and um, I think it's going to be a much better game than what most people think. Ton of money, ton of tickets on the Forty ers and I understand all the reasons why. Um, I just I, I think this is a good spot. I I, I don't I don't think the Forty ers beat the Philadelphia Eagles by more than a touchdown, if at all. 800-919-3776. We come back. We kick off hour number four. Greg Wyshynski joins us. We'll talk some Rangers. We'll talk some Devils. We'll talk some hockey. I know. Brace yourself. Anita Marks talking hockey. When does that ever happen? Never. But we've got the Puck Daddy on next. 98.7 ESPN.